Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, everyone, and welcome to the Chosen People. And we're very happy that you're joining us today. And uh, we're actually wrapping up this week our special three-week series from the Land of Israel. So the last two weeks, you can check those programs out on our website, chosenpeople.com slash radio, where you can hear the uh, really just excellent interviews that Mitch has had with some of our staff members in the land. And I'm going to hand it over to Mitch now to uh, introduce our special guests. Well, shalom, Bobby. Thank you. And it's Great to be in the beautiful land of Israel, the Holy Land. I joke that Brooklyn is the true Holy Land, but let me tell you, it's not. (laughs) Uh, Jerusalem is so spectacular. It's magical, and uh, we love it here. And I'm so glad that the Lord's allowed uh, Chosen People Ministries to have a ministry uh, in the Holy Land. And uh, I'm going to uh, ask a few questions of my guests uh, Robin and Michael, who serve the Lord in Israel, and Michael is overall in charge of the work, and Robin's in charge of the ministry in Tel Aviv. But Robin does a few more things, because our ministry is not only in Israel, but it's also to Israelis, wherever those Israelis might travel. And boy, when it's not COVID times, they really do travel, and there are some great opportunities. So, Robin, tell us a little bit about our ministries to traveling Israelis, when they travel, why they travel, where they travel, what's our strategy, how do we reach uh, these uh, these folks? Basically, the majority of the Israeli travelers that we're having contact with are those who are just out of the army. Here in Israel, all men and all women go to serve the army, pretty much. And when they finish, it's like a rite of passage that you often go to travel for six months to a year. And while some people just scatter, the majority have different waves they follow. And one is through Southeast Asia, um, Australia, New Zealand, and then one's through South America. Mm. So basically, while they're traveling, they're also trying to figure out why do I believe what I believe? Do I believe what my parents believe? Why do I not believe anything? Because many were raised uh, agnostic or atheist. They're they're asking the questions of life as they're traveling. And so, um, in some of these countries, we have um, hosting centers or youth hostels that are free for three days <laughs> to show God's love in a practical way. And while they're in these facilities, they have such a good time. There's such a sense of community and um, togetherness that it's just a very comfortable place to ask hard life questions, and they find really strong friendships, and they find our staff working in those countries to be like their mom and dad Mm. abroad. And so it's an amazing, amazing ministry where we come alongside them, and we send young adults from Israel, young believers who finished the army, and also want to travel, but they want to use their travel time to serve the Lord. Mm. And they volunteer in these facilities to help uh, run the center, but also to build friendships and conversations and answer questions for their peers about their own faith. And so we have a couple of centers in New Zealand. Uh, We work uh, in India, and we're just about to begin work in Brazil. And of course, 
I think you also went to some other exotic places to reach Israelis, didn't you? Argentina, where we also have some staff and partnered with some others, and Nepal. Now, that's pretty exotic. There are Israelis in Nepal, but why would an Israeli go to Nepal? What's there? Well, of course, Israelis love adventure, and people choose their destinations based on their passion, but Nepal has amazing, phenomenal hiking and natural beauty, Um, and Many people don't know this, but the largest Passover Seder in the world is held in Kathmandu, Nepal, (laughs) because all the Israelis who are away from home traveling in the whole region all make their way to Kathmandu to be together and have Passover. So you can get unleavened bread, matzah, and Kathmandu at least once a year. Exactly. Okay, well, (laughs) that sounds like a great opportunity. Well, I'm sure there's lots of stories that you can share, Robin, but uh, would you take a moment, just share one where you were able to reach into the life of an Israeli traveling. So I was in uh, India, in Goa, and on the last day as I was packing my things, I put a Hebrew New Testament in the room, and the guy who came to clean the room actually threw it out from the room. Hmm. And a young Israeli girl who had every night asked some questions about faith, found it, and was sitting with it closed on a step, staring at it. And when I asked her about it, she said everything in her wanted to read this, but everything in her was terrified to read it. And I told her that was part of my story, too. I was very afraid of the New Testament, but that I found it to be a very Jewish book. And she started to read Matthew, the list of names, and she said, Robin, it has names like our books have names. Yes. Wait, these are our names, Robin. And she took it and she she read it and we stayed in touch after for a little while and she was seemed very open. But then life happened, boyfriend, family, pressure, and she kind of lost interest. During the first COVID lockdown, we reconnected mm. and she said, okay, Life's too short not to take seriously the important things. Let's go back to this New Testament. Oh, wow. And we walked through um, the Gospel of Matthew and John, and we walked through all her questions and went through Messianic prophecies, and she came to faith in Yeshua. Oh, wow. Over Zoom. Over Zoom. (laughs) Miracles, Miracles happen, but the connections outside of Israel sometimes bear fruit within Israel. Exactly. And uh, and that's wonderful. Thanks, Robin, for all that you've been sharing. Um, Maybe you can give us uh, one really good prayer request, you know, very specific uh, for someone or for your ministry. So my one prayer request would be to pray for all the follow-up that we're doing with these young adults we've met on outreaches. Mm -hmm. And my specific part of that would be pray for Hila. She came to faith also during uh, Corona. And she recently told her family, and they took it better than she thought, but she's still struggling with the idea of the identity of being a believer. So please pray that Hila um, would really just find the confidence from the Lord, that God would just um, give her all she needs to walk out what it means to be a believer in Israel. It's hard, and um, so pray for her. Okay, we, we will pray for Hila's healing and that uh, she would grow in her faith. Michael, um, if you could just take a couple of moments, um, what are the significant uh, questions that uh, Israelis are asking 
uh, about God and about life. And uh, I mean, we know that there's a lot of activity in Israel uh, by those who hate Israel. And uh, maybe sometimes that drives people to seek for answers. Uh, and you meet a lot of people who are thinking about life's uh, serious issues. And so maybe give us a little insight into what you think, where you think Israelis are spiritually and what are the questions that they're asking. And then um, maybe share with us one or two of the, some of the major objections that Israelis might have uh, to the uh, gospel. Well, yeah. Uh, generally speaking, you know, Israelis, uh, even uh, atheists, uh, this way or other, they are sons and daughters of uh, uh, traditional people or religious people. So they're not so hostile to the idea of God. So one of the, uh, I would not say it even objections, uh, it's the real question. When you see so many suffering around the world, and specifically uh, suffering of your own people, so very natural question, very classical Jewish objections, oh, where was the God? Mm in a time of Holocaust, in a time of Crusades, on the times of pogroms, in the times of, you know, you name it. Right. And uh, it's very difficult uh, to answer uh, uh, to this uh, uh, question. Saying that, when we come about, you know, the spirituality in general, the, one of the uh, issues I deal uh, personally, sharing with people and listening to them carefully, they say, okay, God exists, but why specifically this Jewish Christian or Judeo-Christian or Jewish God even? Why? There are so many gods, Krishnas, Buddhas, sort of meditations, you got it around. Why should we in the present day to choose this specific God. Well, you start to say them, but you are Jewish. They say, we don't care. Who cares today of Jewishness or not? The world is one. We are shooting for no limits, no borders. So, you know, and and, and you have to find, uh, not just explain people their God loves you mm. in the middle of all this suffering, but this God is specifically Jewish God. And this is specifically Jewish God who was rejected by the Jews. And worse than that, was uh, uh, actually taken as the hostage, the Jewish eyes, mm. to Gentiles. And now today, now it comes to the classical objections. They say, well, you know, but the Christians are known that the ones who persecuted and killed the Jewish people in the whole history, and the numbers of the people, Jews, killed in history by the hands of so-called Christians right. are bigger than Nazis, than Muslims, than altogether. So this is sort of objections and the spiritual challenges you, you deal with when you share with them. And if you put to that, that all of them, they read Bible in their original script, you find yourself, they say, come on, say, we are descendants, we know, and there is nothing in our Bible about Jesus. I mean, how, how, how do you respond to that? I mean, that's... that's uh, the, the response is universal, Mitch. And I tell you, I found, is my experience, that 99% of the people who object or respond this way, they are looking uh, for excuse 
not to think about their own sinfulness. So my, uh, actually the way I do it, I would say it this way, okay. Everyone who did bad toward Jewish people or killed them will be responsible before God for what he has done. But let us talk about you specifically. What do you think about yourself? Are you perfect? Are you good? Are you, you know, the moderately good or the semi-good? What do you think about you? And I find that most of the people just get two ways. Or they say goodbye to you immediately because you touched the nerve. You started to spoke, as we say, tachlis, just the real stuff, you know. Or they start really to talk to you about that. So my tip to all people who just face this objection, try to bring the accent from general objections about, you know, what's going on around to personal Make it personal. Uh, absolutely. Look, our faith is personal faith. Yeah, of course. We can't really just justify our sinfulness because other people are sinners too. And this is the key. This is just a nook of all the old problem. You know, we have very thoughtful people and prayerful people uh, listening uh, all the time. And, you know, what you said is is deep and it, it, it begs a lot of questions uh, about the nature of atonement and forgiveness and how to live uh, a joy-filled life. And so, I, dear friends, I hope that uh, both Robin and Michael have given you a lot to think about, a lot to pray about. And uh, maybe you'll remember the words of Psalm 122.6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They will prosper who love thee. And my hope is that you'll love Israel and that you'll love Chosen People Ministries and you'll love our staff. And uh, even if you never meet our staff until we get to glory, I hope that you'll pray for them, and particularly this week, keep both Michael and Robin in mind as they lead Jewish ministry uh, in the country which has the mo more Jewish people than anywhere else in the world. So I just thank you for listening and for praying, and we deeply appreciate your partnership in the Lord and in the Messiah. Michael, one prayer request from you. If if you can. Yeah, I have a prayer question. Uh, in my uh, daily shows, I received a letter recently from uh, one lady. Uh, and she's a refugee, uh, Ukrainian uh, a refugee. And she told me uh, that uh, for last two years, her son was listening uh, to my shows and uh, you're, you're streaming Bible studies, yes, in and, and in God, the Russian language, yes. And guy came to faith, oh, and and became a really uh, glad and happy man. And she didn't understand why. Month ago, he was killed oh. in Ukraine alongside with another three girls. And mom said that uh, because of that, she started to watch. The programs and wow. now she writes to me i understand why did he do what he did oh wow tragic and but real stuff and uh, if you can pray for this woman Wait, was he a soldier or he was 
he was a soldier and killed with two other female soldiers. Three, three another girls. Just he was probably young old. too. Huh? Young, young, young. Yeah. Eighteen or nineteen years. Eighteen old. or nineteen. Wow. Um, thank you, Michael, for that. And let's also remember to pray for all the young Israeli soldiers too. Yeah. And uh, we really need to pray that God yeah. will yeah. protect them and that they would be open to the Lord because a lot of soldiers turn to Yeshua uh, because of the difficulties that they faced. So, all right. Appreciate those prayer requests, and I can promise you that you're going to have hundreds of people uh, praying for you. God bless you. If Israel is central to God's plan for the future, and they're still His chosen people, what do we make of the constant turmoil in the Middle East? Well, that's the topic Dr. Charles Dyer addresses in his book, What Does the Bible Say About the Future? 30 Questions on Bible Prophecy, Israel, and the End Times. And we'd love to send you a free copy just for connecting with us today. God didn't give us prophecy and details about the future to simply satisfy our intellectual curiosity. There's something there that He wants us to know. So, learn more about God's plan for Israel, the end of days, and you when you connect with us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. Once again, that's chosenpeople.com slash radio. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And right now we're going to listen to Jordan Gilbert's story. And Jordan was an actor and producer who quickly found himself in the occult. When his new age spirituality threatened to overwhelm him, he called out to Jesus for help. And to Jordan's surprise, Jesus answered. I had a special hate for Christianity. I thought they were bigots, morons, the worst of the worst hypocrites. I grew up as a Jew. I didn't like religion. I hated Hebrew school more than anything that I think I had ever done in my childhood. The teacher would ask me to write in Hebrew, I'd write in French. I was the only one in my class to not get bar mitzvahed. The number one thing that I wanted to become was a star, a celebrity. I was infatuated with the arts, I was infatuated with theater, I was infatuated with film and music and TV and entertainment. As I started performing in front of people, I realized that I craved the attention of people. I would love people to tell me, oh, how believable you were on stage and how amazing you are. And then people would promise me things like, oh, you're gonna be a star. Eventually I got a Broadway credit. I got my name in lights on a Broadway marquee. People loved me and they wanted things from me and I, and I fed off that and I thought I was becoming a type of rock star. As I was searching for certain things, because all the while in me, as I was bolstering up my ego, I was secretly really depressed. I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I thought becoming a celebrity would fulfill me inside. What I wasn't expecting when I entered into the entertainment industry was an introduction to the spiritual. As I got more into entertainment, I entered into occultic practices, whether it was New Age, Buddhism, Hinduism, Gnosticism, Masonry, things of Light, Edgar Casey, Ramdas, Iridology, Numerology, Pantheism, Vibrational Energy, lowering your vibration, raising up your vibration, your vibration, stabling me that I was God, that you were God, that the tree is God, that the chair is God, that everything's God, that we're all one. As I practiced these New Age practices, I got deeper and questioned life more and questioned and questioned and questioned. I had a sense that the world was in a lot of trouble. I had a new age friend in Oklahoma 
who introduced me to a guy in Costa Rica said, oh, this guy has really great teachings. And he was a Christian. And as soon as I found out that this guy was a Christian, I want to have nothing to do with him. I hung up the phone. I think a few days later, I was feeling extremely tormented in my bed. I was very confused. I wanted peace. And I don't even know if I meant to say it, but I just said, Jesus, help me. And I fell asleep peacefully. And I had a peace that I never had. I was like, this is very strange. So I went back, I called up Richard in Costa Rica and he said, that's the Holy Spirit. He introduced me to the scriptures, he introduced me to the Bible, told me the gospel. I stopped uh, doing any occultic practices throughout most of my books, anything that had to do with the occult. My life is completely changed. My family brought me to see a therapist because they thought I had gone mentally insane. All the other stuff that I was into, new age, whatever, that was fine. But as soon as I became a Christian, they thought I went nuts. I told people I was a Christian, and the thousands of people I knew who loved me or who were my friend or who wanted something from me, they left. Nothing else I had ever done in my life before made repel people except coming to Jesus. I got called a homophobe, I got called bigot, I got called stupid by people that I revered, by even celebrities and idols that I, you know, used to want to be like. Everything that I loved in the world, Broadway, movies, TV, music, I wanted fame, I wanted power. I was amazed that God was calling me to give all that up for Him, to not love anything in the world. People may think that because I've given up my career that I've lost, but I've gained everything in Jesus. I can't take a career with me. I can't take friends with me. I can't even take my own body with me. So the only thing I have when I pass on from this earth is Jesus Christ, and that's exactly where my real life begins. At the heart of every believer is a desire to walk in the ways of the Savior. So, we'd like to encourage you to go deeper by connecting with our Messiah's culture and the things he holds dear. Throughout the Gospels, we read that Jesus was a Jewish man in Jerusalem. And to help you discover the past, present, and prophetic impact, we have a variety of articles, books, and newsletters that will help you to learn more. And you can even invite one of our speakers to your local church. To learn more or to request a church presentation, visit us online at chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'd like to learn more about this weekly program, or if you're curious to learn more about the rich Jewish history of your faith, then please let me encourage you to stop by our website. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. And while you're there, please be sure to request your copy of Dr. Charlie Dyer's book, What Does the Bible Say About the Future? You know, so many people, like Jordan, who we heard from a few minutes ago, are looking for answers to help them navigate life. But instead of taking our cues from self-appointed prophets, we need to get our answers from God's Word. And that's why we'd love to send you this book for free, just for reaching out to us today. Again, it's titled, What Does the Bible Say About the Future? And you can request it when you write to us at Chosen People Ministries, 
241 East 51st Street, New York, New York, 10022. That's 241 East 51st Street, New York, New York, 10022. Or visit us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. And now let's wrap up this special program from Israel with the ironic benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.